0: Hello friends and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at Loco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you enjoy this episode and want to stay tuned for the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice including Apple, Spotify, Google, and the Megaphone app. Doing so doesn't cost a penny and ensures you never miss another episode. On tonight's episode, I wanted to do something a little bit different. We are basically towards the end of the season, and I thought it might be a good idea to do player report cards of a sort. These are going to be like, I wouldn't say really hard and fast ratings. You may have recalled that I did something similar earlier this year towards the middle of the season, and now that we're basically in the final stretch, I feel like I have a pretty good assessment of how most of these players have done. There's like 11 or 12 regular season games remaining on the schedule, but we're basically, you know, in the final stretch, so I feel like we have a big enough sample to at least put together some report cards for for the guys who are definitely long-term players. Some of these will have smaller sample sizes. I mean, everyone has played a reduced season, obviously, but I mean, like Pierre-Luc Dubois, for instance, hasn't really been here that long, so his rating you may take a little bit with a grain of salt, but we'll kind of go through each guy and see, roughly speaking, how they've done and whether they've actually managed to improve, you know, maybe meet expectations, or somehow fall below them. We'll start going through the forwards first, and on the first line, we'll go with Mark Shifley. I would say I would give Shifley like a B-plus to a... yeah, I think a B-plus. I don't know if I want to give him above that, for a couple of reasons. I think the biggest thing with Shifley is that, for a lot of reasons, his defensive game over the past couple of seasons has fallen off, and while he is still extremely productive at even strength, One thing I do think I miss a little bit is the even strength goal production. He definitely still shoots quite a bit and he's he's very much actively involved in creating and and certainly setting up his teammates and whatnot, but to be honest, I feel like he doesn't quite shoot enough this year. Last year, he was somebody who was very much a shoot-first skater, which I I think was actually not quite the sort of balance I was looking for either, but now he's more pass-oriented, which I think is is better in some ways, but I wouldn't mind him being a little bit more selfish on his goal-scoring chances. His point tally this season is definitely pretty darn good, so I'm not going to knock him too much, but I do think that the defensive issues in his skating, especially when he's tracking back and doing some man marking, they do leave a little bit of a doubt for me, so that's why I kind of knocked him out of the A range. A B plus is a pretty fair score. I would say it's actually pretty good, especially considering the fact that he is doing, you know, pretty much first line center duties. For me, he's around expectation, maybe a little bit above, so I would say overall, pretty decent. This year, he's really engaged. I felt like he's doing a lot more than he was last season. He still doesn't always back check and stuff, but certainly over last year where he just didn't really seem interested in doing that much, it it feels like this year we're getting a much better version of Shifley. Up next, we have one of his more common line mates, Blake Wheeler, who I would imagine will go back up on the first or second line once he's back from injury, and I'm going to have to give Wheeler like a C minus. I think that this has been a very tough season for Blake. While he is still capable of being productive on the power play, I think age has just really caught up to him. He's definitely slowed down a lot, and it sounds like, you know, while he's recovering right now, he said this is the first time that he's felt 100% the entire year. That he's been playing through at least one injury is, for me, a bit of a concern because it's definitely had an impact on his skating and on his on-ice performance, and really, I just don't like to see a guy skating through injuries in general. Hockey players will definitely skate through plenty of minor injuries, but I I would say with how slow Wheeler looked at times this season, I don't think the stuff that he's dealing with is on the small end. His even-strength points production this year definitely fell off, and while he is, again, still supplementing a lot of it on the power play, I I just... You have to kind of accept that this is sort of where he is now, which is a guy who can't really track back effectively in defense and is not really able to create rush offense in the same way that he used to. His distribution and vision inside the offensive zone are both still very sharp, so it's not like he can't be, you know, a valuable contributor in certain areas. But I do think you need to start to change his role a bit because playing in the top six is definitely a little bit more than he can handle. It's a natural part of the aging process and something that I think Blake has become keenly aware of over the past couple of years. He's been a very important player on this team. He's the team captain, and I'm sure that it, it does bug him a lot to feel like he can't keep up like he used to, but it's just part of being a, you know, a normal human being. It does feel a little bit harsh to give him like a C-, minus, but I think, roughly speaking, that's kind of where I have him. You know, given the expectations of, of what his contract says he's supposed to be and, and how he's actually performed, unfortunately, his report card's looking a little rough this year. Up next, we're gonna do one of his other common light mates with Shifley and Wheeler is Kyle Connor. And Kyle's one of those really polarizing players for me. I would give Connor somewhere between like a B and like a B minus, I think is pretty accurate. He's like a phenomenal goal scorer. We know that he's extremely productive on the power play. He's a really big volume shooter, especially at even strength. Where most of his knocks start to show up is when he has to be in sort of a a defensive positioning, especially inside his own end. You know, he just doesn't really do it all that well. He's not physically engaged. He doesn't really man mark. And it's not like he's a particularly active defender, which is, it's not the worst thing in the world. I just think in the way that that Connor occasionally cheats for offense and stuff, I do think it is kind of an issue that you have to account for. Since he's been split off from Wheeler, the results have been a lot less bad just because Wheeler can't really defend either. So, you know, Connor on the right sheltered line, I think is actually very effective at what he does. It just sort of comes with the knowledge that in a lot of ways, his game is very much in one particular zone of the ice. And the rest of it, it's a little bit rough. I'd say that he's a a bit above expectation this year just because I feel like he's been utilizing his line mates a lot more, you know, effectively on a frequent basis compared to previous years. He still has some moments where he makes a really frustrating, you know, decision, especially in front of net. Sometimes he maybe overthinks a route or doesn't take the shot when he should or maybe makes a really poor pass. But overall, I think, you know, for all of my harping on his defensive issues, I I would say a B- minus to a B for, for Kyle, especially given what his role is and what he's supposed to do for this team, I think is pretty okay. The top line in general gets like a B, and that might be in certain situations a little bit generous. That line, depending on who's been playing on it, has been kind of rough. As a collective, the the Connor Shifley-Wheeler line would probably get like a D for me, just because that line tends to get caved in. Even if the players individually are having better seasons together, they're kind of a mess. But, uh, you know, Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, I, I think that they've been doing about what I expect or maybe a little bit above in certain areas, even if the rest of their game is still not quite where it should be. Up next, we'll take a look at a couple of other forwards, especially a a very prominent Danish forward that I think a lot of people are expecting very high marks from, and uh, I don't think you're going to be disappointed by his score. Before then, though, I wanted to tell you a little bit about the Locker Room app. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, insiders, experts, and more in real time about your favorite team or sport. Locker Room is the perfect place to join or start conversations about your league, team, or favorite sport. You'll find fans just like yourself on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, trade news, rumors, and all the hot-button topics your team can handle. You can find many of our Locked On hosts across the NBA, MLB, and NHL all throughout the Locker Room app. I'll be joining Locker Room myself very soon, so be sure to get started and I'll meet you there. Go download the free Locker Room app right now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms about your favorite teams and leagues. I can't wait to join you all in Locker Room, so I'll be sure to let you know once the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets room is live. Download the Locker Room app today. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. For those of you who are longtime listeners of this podcast, by now you know that I'm personally a big fan of Built Bars. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, Built Bars are the best-tasting protein bar on the market. They're the only protein bar that tastes more like a candy bar with a dark chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. Their 12 original flavors are all delicious, but if I had to choose just two to start with, I would say mint, brownie, and raspberry should be two of your starting points if you're looking to begin your Bilt Bar journey. But of course, if you can't choose and you want to try all of them, like toffee almond, coconut, orange, you name it, be sure to check out the variety box. Like any great company, though, Bilt isn't content to rest on its laurels and is back and better than ever with a brand new improved Bilt Bar, featuring six new flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. All of them are delicious, but if I had to choose one or two of them, I'd say cookies and cream and lemon almond cheesecake probably take it for me. I really don't know if you can go wrong with any single choice, because as delicious as all of these flavors are, they're even better for you, with most Bilt Bars clocking in at 200 calories or less, between 14 to 19 grams of protein, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Don't hesitate to place your order at builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 at checkout, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are doing some player season grades so far. I feel like we're at the stage where we can probably give a fairly accurate representation. Before we continue our season reviews, though, which we'll be uh, picking back up with some more forwards, I did want to tell all you NFL fans why the Locked On Podcast Network's draft coverage is something you need to be tuned into right now. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insights and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL draft April 29th through May 1st. Maybe I'll catch a few of you Ravens fans. And now thinking about some uh, player grades that are similar to evaluating draft prospects. We're kind of uh, evaluating some stuff for the Jets, and I, I feel like we're at the stage where you can probably give out some player report cards. And I feel like, you know, the first line, I, I was a little bit, I wouldn't say super harsh, but... Obviously, you can understand why Shifley, Wheeler, and Connor maybe didn't break into the A range. On the second line, though, I think we have at least one player here who would easily qualify for an A, and that is going to be Nikolai Ehlers. To put it bluntly, Nick is a siege engine of rush offense, and he's certainly one of the most gifted passers and playmakers on this team. There are certain things that Ehlers doesn't really do, like he's not super aggressive in the corners, and he's not always the most defensively resolute player, but... He's so good at transitioning the puck up the ice, creating offensive opportunities from below the goal line, and just plain putting the puck in the back of the net that it's really hard to overlook him as somebody who really is one of this team's MVPs. Nick's having a big season, maybe not quite as good as some of his previous play-driving efforts, but certainly in terms of goal-scoring output, he's been a monster this year. One of his frequent linemates has been uh, Paul Stastny, and I have to give Paul something of like a B I think Stastny's been pretty decent throughout most of the year. He's been effective at getting below the the face-off circles, creating really good net front offense, and he's certainly been very good at facilitating different power play sequences and whatnot, but I I will say that Stastny has had a bit of a habit of taking a lot of penalties this year more so than I recall him taking when he was back here with the Jets a couple of seasons ago. It might just be that age is starting to catch up and he's taking more restraining fouls just because he can't quite keep up as much as he used to, but on some nights it feels like he finds himself more in the penalty box than on any other part of the score sheet. So, you know, Stastny, I I think he's been a very good, I would say, like a rental, so to speak. He's certainly not going to be somebody that I think the team really thinks about bringing back next season unless it's for a reasonable, you know, one-year kind of contract, but I don't know, I think a B is fine. One of the other guys that ends up being on the wing or occasionally at center if Stastny is moved out wide is Pierre-Luc Dubois, and this is the one that's a very tricky rating for me. I'm going to give PLD a little bit of the benefit of the doubt and say he's probably getting like a C+. I feel like it's a little bit much to give him a B just because despite his points production, I feel like his actual impact on the game is very inconsistent. Sometimes he just doesn't really seem comfortable and like he's a bit lost in how the Jets play. So I, I feel like, you know, if I give him like a C+, I think that's probably a fair enough representation of what he's been doing so far. For the most part, he's not playing bad hockey necessarily, but he's also not really impactful. So I feel like it's a bit of a, I don't know, like a catch-22. I do expect him to improve once he is more comfortable with how the Jets play, but it might not be for the rest of the season. Maybe it's not until the start of next year. After the top two lines is where things get a bit tricky. You've got the third line, which for me is a very mixed bag. You've got Andrew Kopp, Adam Lowry, and Mason Appleton. I'll say for, for Kopp I have to have a little bit of a mixed rating. I feel like a B- is probably fair. It's clear that when he's on that line with Lowry and Appleton, that unit tends to get pasted. I think in terms of Andrew's own individual performance, he's been pretty good offensively. And certainly in the defensive back checking and details in the PK, he can be very effective. When he's away off the third line, he's actually been very good. Like, his his on-ice performance just drastically jumps up, and I don't think it's just because he's playing with Aylers and, and really talented players. I think Kopp actually fits those guys pretty well. So, like, on the low end, I'm giving him a B minus. I think you could argue a B would be pretty fair. I think he's been a very reliable middle six forward and somebody who the Jets, you know, hopefully could have found a way to extend. I don't know if it's going to happen now, but he's been pretty decent. Then you've got Adam Lowry, who I'm going to give a... B minus to a C plus, somewhere in that range. I feel like Lowry has been good, but not exactly stellar. He's definitely lost a step, and while he still can be an effective two way center with some notable points production by just sort of jamming the puck down low and being in the mix all the time, I feel like his actual on ice impact compared to where it was a couple of seasons ago has definitely fallen off to the point where I'm not really sure if I can put him much further than like a B minus. His defensive game is so-so, and certainly offensively, he's not contributing as much in terms of, you know, like shot differentials and whatnot, despite actually having like a career high in points production. A bit strange to say when you think about it, but it it doesn't, you know, always happen the way you would expect, especially when, you know, your your shooting percentage ends up being higher or something. For Mason Appleton, I'm going to give him like a solid B. I I think he's been an effective complementary winger on that right side. Sometimes he shows skill that makes you think you could maybe play on the top six somewhere, maybe on the second line as like a defensive wing. He's actually pretty effective at shooting off the rush, which is something that he's employed a number of times to surprise goaltenders. I don't know if he has, like, a ton of really high-end finesse skills, but certainly in terms of, like, a really effective two-way attacking forward, who's not necessarily a driver or transition creator as much as he is, like, a complementary facilitator, I I think that that's a fair rating. I think a B is fine. You're probably sensing a bit of a theme in which rating I tend to target a lot with most of the Jets forwards. We have one more forward line to talk about in just a moment. But before we get ahead of ourselves, here's why BetOnline.ag should be the only place you do your online betting. When it comes to the weird, wild, wacky, and wonderful world of online betting, it's hard to know who you can trust. You need a safe, reliable name, and that's why you should look no further than BetOnline.ag. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, international soccer, NHL, and so many other sports are all in full swing. Not into sports? No problem. BetOnline has your back, because they even cover awards, TV shows, and reality TV featuring real-time updated odds and props in almost anything you can imagine, whether you want to place a bet on the next Stanley Cup champion or who you think is getting voted off your favorite reality TV show. BetOnline is also your best source for all the news, scores, and odds you need to stay up to date with your favorite sports and sports teams. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Go to betonline.ag on your mobile device or your desktop, and when you register for a free account, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Stop sitting on the sidelines and get in on the action today. Sign up at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are wrapping up some early season review grades. I feel like I'm maybe jumping the gun slightly, but we have a decent enough sample size out of most of the season to get a pretty good sense of, roughly speaking, how the Jets are doing. I would say it's been a bit of a mixed bag in some areas. Like, I haven't really given too many really harsh grades. Most of them are, like, in at least the C-plus to B-minus range, which I think is pretty okay. Okay. We've covered most of the forwards, so we'll wrap up with the last couple of forwards that I can give a rating to. Um, We'll start off with Nate Thompson, who's probably just going to get like a C to a C- minus for me. I think the most I can say about Thompson is that he just sort of exists. Um... He's not like the absolute worst fourth liner we've ever brought in. I would say that he's basically just sort of, you know, there, a presence in the lineup. I would say the only issue I really have with him is that sometimes he does kill offensive rushes, and then there are opportunities on the penalty kill when he really struggles. There are other times, though, when he actually seems to know where he needs to be and does actually participate pretty decently in build-up play. It's just that he doesn't do it often enough to really justify using a roster spot. One of his linemates, Trevor Lewis, I would say has probably been a bit more impressive. Trevor is very much like a very industrious, hardworking winger with at least some defensive measures. I I will say that Lewis doesn't usually provide a lot of offensive support. Trevor is basically there to grind in the corners and fight for the puck, as well as be a defensive back-checking presence when he needs to. Uh, You know, you're not really looking for him to be a really high-end skater with a lot of upside, but as far as being like a savvy veteran presence, Lewis is fine. He's probably one of the better fourth-line wingers the Jets have brought in. That leaves the last forward with a large enough sample for me to say something, and that's Matthew Perreault, who is going to get another A-minus, I would say. Perreault's resurgence this year as one of Winnipeg's best utility players and somebody who just seems to get almost everything right has been a serious sight for sore eyes. He's winning battles along the wall, he's physically engaged, he's making really great passes, he can pick off and counter and create goal-scoring chances for himself, many of which he's actually potted. You know, despite his age, he's definitely somebody who is showing that he is still an incredibly effective transition skater and just an offensive creator who loves to be a pest down low. He really is a very cagey veteran, and I feel like his performance this year showcases a lot of the reasons why Perot for so many years was so highly regarded by the stats community. He has evolved his game in certain areas to be something of where he doesn't have to be, like, the fastest skater around, but he does know really good potty positioning, really good physical contests, he understands how to free the puck along the walls, or how to draw penalties when he needs to. That is also a slot menace on the power play just makes him such a really effective, versatile forward, and I feel like the Jets have been blessed to have him for as long as they have. Taken as a whole, Winnipeg's forward core for me is probably getting something like, I don't know, I, I would say like a B... It's been good in certain areas, but defensively I think there are some serious issues and some of the lineup combos which I can't blame on the uh, the players themselves, but overall I still would say, you know, some of the lineup combos not super ideal and how they always play together, you know, worrying signs if you're looking at the Connor Shifley Wheeler line, and maybe we were all hoping that Pierre-Luc Dubois would be a little bit more impactful in his first few games as a Jet. So we'll see how things pan out. I think the team has at least attacking-wise been Decent, certainly better than last year, but there's definitely still work to do. I'd be curious to know your thoughts on my player grades and how you think I did, so be sure to let me know at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Feel free to dispute my ratings. Maybe if you come up with a few of your own, I'll report them on a future podcast. I will probably get to the uh, the defenders and the goaltending, which you can probably guess the goalie ratings, um, You know, but we'll, we'll still cover them anyways. We'll talk about them on, most likely on Friday's episode because tomorrow the Jets will be back in action against the Toronto Maple Leafs. It'll be good to finally have some hockey action to talk about. For tonight's show, though, that is going to do it. Before you log off, don't forget to check out our Ultimate Mock Draft. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey is happening now, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lockenfora, and Brian Baldinger. Our local experts for every team will make trades and pick the next stars for each of their teams. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Odyssey is your home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey. And as always, thanks so much for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!